Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeonal Hockey, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. And this is our second featured episode in our newest series, Goals Against Average, where we talk to, with, or about goalie issues with other goalies. I'm your host, Chris, and on this episode, we want to welcome our special guest, goaltender Shay Spanier, to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Shay. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, thanks for jumping on, Shay. So... Uh, yeah. Today, it's only going to be me chatting with you. We were supposed to have Steve on, but Steve ran into a work emergency, so he will not be on this episode, and he is not happy about it. But yeah, Shay, thanks for jumping on. Yeah, of course. Excited to talk to another fellow goalie. Some goalie talk here. It should be interesting. Two goalies going at it. <laughs> Heck yeah, though. That's what we like here about goals against average. And I do want to address, before we get into questioning, I do want to address, I did see some parents going back and forth on the goals against average name. Uh, as they were goalie parents. And we do listen, we do watch, but it's it's a show name. That's how I look at it. Obviously, as, as goalies here, save percentage is the most critical, but even then the save percentage could be skewed if numbers aren't done correctly. High percentage saves versus low per- There's a lot of factors that go into it. Goals against average, really, it's just something that they look at with us goalies, and I don't think one of us goalies take that number seriously at the end of the day. Demi, do you? Um, the only stat that well, the stats that is most important to me is wins. I'm not trying to be cliche. I feel like if you have more <laughs> wins than not, your save percentage of goals against follows up with it. So I don't, I really try not to pay attention to the save percentage of goals against as long as my team, or as long as I'm getting wins, then, then, uh, I feel like that's really what matters. And if I'm on a bad team and we don't get a lot of wins, well, those few wins will make my numbers look even better. If I'm getting 55 shot save wins where maybe the other guy's only getting 25 and I'll even look even better. So. I just try to focus more on the wins. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And I mean, it's, uh, but I mean, wins are definitely critical. And I mean, it's, but sometimes if you're like a goalie on a pretty unimpressive team yeah. that can't score maybe, and and then the wins don't rack up, but your save percentage is quite high. Like it's above 900. That's still, you know, that's still tending the net and that's still doing your job. I, I, I could go on about that stuff, but this is about you, Shay. So Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your hockey life. Yeah, so uh, it's hard for me to give myself a hometown. My dad, uh, because of his work, we moved to eight times growing up. But I was born in Chicago, and we're right outside Chicago in Northbrook, Illinois. Now, uh, when I was 16, after seven different moves, I ended up residing with my family in Vermont, so I could play prep hockey here for Rice Memorial Prep. After you know two good years, I went on to play juniors for two seasons, five teams over two seasons. So. Can only imagine my suitcase was always packed at all times, and uh, I played ACHA Division One at Kent State University, 
after that, uh, I decided, well, during COVID, it kind of started more then. I got my pa- Israeli passport, so I'm a dual citizen. Uh, my family, uh, my dad's side's from Israel, and uh, it just meant a lot to me to be able to, get, be able to hopefully one day represent my country on the international stage, which I should be eligible this upcoming year. And currently, I am a FPHL free agent. Uh, I played for Watertown last year for the first half of the season looking to get back in the league. So uh, I got a showcase coming up this upcoming weekend, and I'm really excited to hopefully jump back on the team. No, that's absolutely awesome. So thank you. you know, not only what do you think of Watertown? I've driven through that place a lot. Yeah, so uh, Watertown itself, I mean, I have anything to complain about the town except that it was cold, but I kind of knew that going in. I mean, it was only four hours from home. The fans at Watertown were amazing. Uh, like I remember I was doing laundry at a, like a local laundromat, and I was just wearing like a Kent State hockey hoodie and I had two people come up to me and they were like, oh my gosh, like you're on the Wolves, right? And I was like, I haven't played a game yet. I'm like, how do you know who I am? And like, <laughs> I'd walk in in like a suit and all the little kids, I'd be signing stuff. And one kid had me sign his like helmet that he used for youth hockey. I was like, buddy, like you don't want me to sign this. Like I promise. But they, they treated me like I was in the NHL. Uh, I'd walk around and people would kind of know who I am. It was weird, but the fans were great. I still get messages from fans uh, that were in Watertown still to this day ask me where I'm going to play next year and you know just kind words so I'm really excited to get back into it and uh, you know Watertown thank you so much so I had nothing but good things to say about the city that's awesome and it's a it's yeah. a sick jersey I noticed that back when they uh they joined the FP and it's been a while they've been around for over 10 years now have they not I would say well originally they were called the privateers the Thousand Island privateers and then they I think it was new ownership or rebrand became the Wolves. So it's two different organizations, technically, kind of like Atlanta Flames, Atlanta Thrashers. But it's the same. They were in the same arena. It's the same. It's basically team. So, I mean, they've been around since, I think, the inception of the Federal Prospects Hockey League back when it was just the FHL. But, um, I mean, Watertown, the Fed is a staple. It's like one of the, the, the premier markets of the league. And it was it was great playing there. The housing was nice. And. The crowds were, were insane. I remember like just how loud that building would get with only like 800 people in it. And it was a smaller building. It would get louder than some of the other arenas we'd play in where you, there's 3,000 people. So, No, that, that's sick. And so yeah, never got to make it to one of those games, but uh, I do recall them being in the league a while back. And so uh, I looked it up here. Apparently they've been around since at least 2014. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I fell in love with the jerseys real quick. Them and at that point, I think – was Danville in the league? No. Uh, Danville was in the league for a while. They were in the league for a okay. while. So it could have been when Danville was in the league. But we are you talking about like our older jerseys or the ones that we wore last season with like the baby blue with like the W on them too? I love both. Yeah. No, I <laughs> yeah. I have a, a Watertown hat. I could definitely send it to you. It's like the one with the baby blue on it. It's cool. It's cool. I, I still have some of the merch. And like I remember they gave the beginning of the season when they gave us like our hat and our shirts and whatever. Like with the baby blue numbering on it, it was really nice. I was just like, damn, I wish I could keep these baby blues. Cause it was funny, full circle, too. My first ever like youth hockey team I played for growing up in California, like they, they were the same colors with navy with baby blue. So I, I was kind of having a laugh about it with my mom. I'm a huge fan of that color scheme. In fact, yeah. uh, any listener that recalls any of our Jersey episodes, to be honest, but specifically the ones we did a bunch during the time we do not talk about but, uh, <laughs> we, 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 did a, we did a bunch of jersey episodes and uh, uh i tell you what i think it was ben that said oh you know what just put 
just baby blue or sky blue on a jersey and you'll just rate it number one. I'm like, yeah, that's how I really feel about that color scheme. I love that color scheme. Like University of Maine, right? Yeah, all those color schemes. Anything yeah. with that color scheme is generally ranked pretty high. I would totally, I, honestly, I had a lot of those color schemes before, but according to my wife, uh, I do not look good in that color. So I uh, I don't really wear it anymore. But uh, uh, I do have like, I did have like the flurry jersey. Like I'm not a Pens fan, but I'm a flurry fan. And I had that okay. baby blue, like oh. uh, stadium series one. Yeah, when they played Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was a tough one was... for me to watch. I was a huge Sabres same. fan. Same, same. That's my team. And, uh, yeah, same. It's hey, see, we're both Sabres fans on this. You know what? We're collecting ourselves here because there's me, you, there's Andrew Tufto, um, who's uh, with the Everything Junior Hockey on uh, TikTok, yep. and uh, I think he's got his own podcast now because he's a Buffalo Sabres fan from Minnesota. So, oh wow, um, we're racking up, we're racking up Sabres fans on this podcast. And I'm all for it. Uh, you know what? That might be our post conversation here. The listeners are going to have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but. We are talking pro hockey, and so you've made it up to pro hockey, and that's a big deal. So tell our listeners more about, you know, how your junior hockey experience played a role in that progression. Yeah, so my first year of junior hockey was actually – was probably the last, you know, stable year, I could say, of, like, junior and pro because I, I have a feeling about this one where I played for one team the whole year. There was, like, no real trades. Me and the other kid went back and forth. We were both number one, number two in the USPHL. Uh, at the time, there was no NCDC, so it was Premier League Empire. So I played elite with uh, my goalie partner, Tyler Roy, who's now in the SPHL. And we both went back and forth. He played one, I played one. We were number one and two in the league. And my next year, I ended up playing for four different teams um, in the first half of the season. So actually less than that, from August to November, I played for four different teams. So I went tier two up at Canada in the Ontario Junior League. I was there for a month. Uh, I got moved to a greater Ontario Junior Hockey League team. I played two games there. Wasn't a good fit. Didn't really work out. The, a lot of guys got released when I did. I ended up going to the Buffalo Regals for a total of one week. They uh, said they wanted to, I was going to be the starting goalie. And then a situation happened where like another guy came back from the OJ. And there was a handshake agreement done, unfortunately. So I was dealt to Brockville where... There was an American already on Junior A. Now, for people that don't really understand, when you're in the CCHL, like any of the Canadian Junior Hockey Leagues, you can only have a certain amount of Americans and a certain amount of 20-year-olds. So I checked both those boxes. So it's really tough for me to stick with a team, especially when I've already been moved so many times. So they were like, listen, you could be the third guy on Junior A, but we have to roster you on Junior B. And you have to play Junior B. You could, But I practiced every day with Junior A, which was fun. And being on that Junior B team, we we were not very good at all. I think only two of us ended up going on to play in college. Me and another kid who went to, I want to say, Arcadia University. Zach is still one of my best friends. And he, it was, I think I went like 2-20. and 20. Uh, Save percentage and goals against were not that good, obviously. But I had a lot of fun. I think I averaged, I think I did the math on it. It was like 47 saves a game or something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I remember my last game of juniors, like, ever. I hit the 1,000 save mark, and I only played in it was like 20, it was like 26 games. I think I started 22 games. And I played 26. I think that's what I, that's what where my math was based off on. So I did 1,000 divided by 26 or something. <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm it sit was here and pull up calculator on my Mac. Yeah, I don't know. It was or it was something. It was like a thousand. It was a little over a thousand. I remember and. 
honestly, that was one of the most fun times playing hockey was being in Brockville because I just learned to have fun with it. Like there was no expectations for me to even win the game. And if I did win a game, I was first star of the league and I was a big hero. But if I lost, it was just, oh, like you faced 55 shots. We lost four to one. Like there's not much, you know, you can really do. But it helped me take a little bit more accountability in myself where like if we lost a game five, four and I gave up a soft goal, well, I don't know the next time we're going to come close to getting a win like that. So it was a really good way to learn on how to be more accountable. And it got me ready for pro hockey, to be honest, moving around so many times and dealing with all like the free agency stuff. And like they, I've heard the term napkin contracts. I read an article about that when I was reading about like an ECHL player story where your contract can get released at any time. Like there's no obligation for the team to keep you for near the length, near the entirety of your contract. And there's no obligation on you either to even stick with that team where you can get called up, you can go down a league. Like, so it kind of got me ready for that type of lifestyle where it was so uncertain where I can, I was in Watertown one week and the next week I'm back home. And then my agent calls me and says, Hey, Delaware is about to call you. You might be going there, pack your bags. <laughs> and then, so wow. it's just stuff like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy with that. But honestly, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'd rather be doing this than working at desk job nine to five doing sales. So. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Working a desk job doing anything, uh, yeah. generally speaking, is, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, you know, and that's no, the, the people that like it, you know, my, by all Good power, for go yeah. for it. It's, uh, but, um, I mean, I did a desk job for basically most of my career, and uh, it, it takes its toll on you. Um, that's why I'm, I'm very happy here in, in, in Denmark doing service industry roles because oh, that's awesome. I get to interact with people all day. <laughs> it's actually fun. It's, I like being on my feet all day. I like uh, just, even if it's not facing customer positions and what, you know, there's so many different service type positions that aren't even a uh, customer facing the fact that you get to move around every day. And one thing I love about it, here's the big thing. This is the biggest thing about, I guess these other roles that I've taken on since I've moved to, uh, well, I did a little bit of it in Buffalo and then here in, in Copenhagen is when I left work and now when I leave work, I leave work. Work doesn't follow me home on a computer. I don't think about what I need to send out the next day. I don't think about what projects I need to get done. What I like about it is when I'm done for the day, I'm done for the day. I yeah. It's tuned out. The second I clock out or walk out that door, there's not one thing on my mind about what I need to do for the next day until I walk in and then see what the next day has for me. And I tell you the freeing feeling of that since basically technology has kind of taken over to where we're always connected to work. It's, it's a nice, I guess, refreshing break away from what normally has to be done on a day to day in, in a desk job. And I, I, I did some really cool ones for a while, but uh, when you find yourself thinking about them on your weekends, it's too much. You need a break. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's something too where like I'm I'm 25 years old. I'm at the age where my body can still do it. I have my whole life to work a regular job. So why not try to yep. you know have as much fun as possible and and see what just, I'm taking it year by year, obviously, and seeing what come what opportunities come my way. But I feel like I'm going to regret more when I'm 50 years old not doing this rather than you know making a little bit extra money in my 20s where. I mean, I can still pay my bills and I, I do stuff on the side where I can still make money. So it's not like I'm just winning around at home, waiting for a team to pick me up. So, I mean, I love hockey and that's really all I want to do is just play hockey right now. So why, why not play hockey? <laughs> you got to chase that dream as long as you can play hockey and you can, you know, 
have some level of living with it and enjoy your time. And even if it's not hockey, even if it's whatever it is that you're yeah. enjoying, you can make money doing it. And this isn't like, you know, monetize your passion because you, within reason, because you should also have passions that you shouldn't have to make money on. But being able to play hockey professionally right now, you got to chase that. Like that's, you know, what most of us hockey players aspire to at one point or another is being able to just get paid to play hockey. And as long as your body's willing and cooperating, you know, go for it. And you, like you said, yeah. you got the rest of your life to work a lot of different jobs, whether that be a desk job or a trades job or, you know, a service job or whatever that is, you've got your whole life to follow that other workload and that other money maker. Yeah. But hockey is the dream of most of us who either on this podcast or listen to this podcast and you know, you got to chase it while you can. And I mean, talking about how technology advanced and all that, one of the benefits of it is obviously because now we have a new sponsor on this podcast and uh, I want to talk about this new sponsor because if you haven't noticed any of you listeners for the last couple episodes, I've had some mic and headset issues and now I've gotten one of those issues sorted. I lost the headset and I'm very happy to now be partnering with Raycon. So even if you're not able to join me in the very temperate, cool Copenhagen weather this summer, you can still escape into that vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Queen or Dropkick Murphys on repeat, or just basically need to retreat into my head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need an upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or just stay calm with some guided meditation like you're about to head into the net. For me, my Raycons allow me to train at the gym without fear of wires distracting my rhythm, but even more often just walking around Copenhagen while listening to some of my favorite podcasts. This earbud tap function allows me to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen to music or your podcast as they come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit and have 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to whatever you want, when you want, for a really long time. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Pigeon Hockey Podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Now I just have to get to work on a new mic for these upcoming travels because this mic doesn't travel well. So we'll get back into it here, Shay. Very happy that Raycons jumped on board. The headset was a needed change. Now I got to worry about my mic. I won't mention the mic I have right now, but trust me, listeners, I hear you. I know the mic's not as good as it was. I am working on getting a new mic. I just, I'm going to keep doing my research. And if anybody's got recommendations on a decent mic that can travel, because for the next few months, this mic is going to have to go in and out of bags. Like it's nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to be recording from in Europe, but I tell you, Shay, to be able to play hockey, to be, to be young and to be able to play <laughs> hockey, it is, it is the dream. So tell us about more of your experience playing with Kent State. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of humbling. My freshman year, I kind of thought I'd walk in and be at least the number two guy because I knew that the number one guy he he transferred there the season before I came, and he was top ten of all times game played in North American League. So he was a really good goalie. Wow. But I thought I would kind of just walk in, and you know, I kind of be like, oh, um, I would because I played a little bit of tier two and going to the ACHA where I was like, oh yeah, like, I'll be the backup at least. And then it's kind of like a rude awakening where like I. 
uh, was kind of like the third guy. And then we had four goalies. So me and the other freshman rotated that third spot. And my sophomore year, I, when I finally actually had an opportunity to be the starter because we had an injury and the kid never played hockey again, I was not ready for it. I was out of shape. I didn't take it. Uh, I didn't take my training that, that serious anymore. Where like I kind of thought it would just be, it would just come to me. So during COVID, I didn't have a junior season. I worked really hard, lost a bunch of weight, worked with a goalie coach two, three times a week. And then my senior year, um, I had really good numbers. I had above, I had below three goals against, above a 91. And I played really well my senior year, which allowed me to play pro hockey. And what was great during that COVID year was I actually got to play in Israel too for the, the first time in my life. That's incredible. So you mentioned, you know, getting into Kent State and everything and kind of walking in there thinking you're going to be, you know, the top dog. And then, you know, you're, you're sitting there third seed and it's kind of something we talk about on this podcast where, and if anybody wants to listen to our last episode on the ACHA, where we talked to Heath Goldsmith, who's one of our co-hosts on this, and he's about to go play for Stony Brook. Um, it's not whether the NCAA or the ACHA is better. It's about what's better for you as the player, especially if you're a goalie. Um, Cause I've, I've talked to a lot of goalies throughout the year. I have a lot of you, you and your parents and such reaching out, asking about what, what I would do. And I'm like, I'm not as talented as you, but you want to look at these considerations. You want to look at, you know, uh, whether it's going on to a junior team or a college team. Um, am I going to get playing time there? Um, what type of promises are being made? And always be careful of promises. Yeah. The, um, if it's not in writing, that's, it could be really it, like I pretend it doesn't happen. So I got that the hard way when I went to my rookie year of juniors, I kind of thought I would end up on the top team. Eventually they made it sound like I would. And uh, they actually did move someone uh, a little bit into the season. And I thought I was going to go up, but uh, I can't came down from the USHL. So I got stuck on elite the whole year. Yeah. And the, these are the things that can happen. So the key aspect, cause I've, I've again, talked to a lot of you and, you know, I, I talked to one guy back when we first started the podcast where he was, you know, considering whether he could go up to the USPHL premier level. And he could. He was already kind of under a contract. And he's like, well, if I go down to this lower league, I could actually get a lot more playing time. But I, I think I'm, I'm going to get noticed more if I play on this premier team. I'm like, yes, but how many games are you going to get with this premier team if you're technically the third ranked goalie? Yeah. Are you going to see a lot of games? Like, would you not get more experience, more game time? Uh, truthfully, just as a goalie, have a lot better experience just playing at a lower level league where maybe somebody can put eyes on you because if you get those three games that year, great. But that's not a that's not a long assessment for even a scout to go, yeah, that's a great goalie because you haven't played. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they need five or six games to really look at you and go, all right, I'm understanding your tendencies. I'm understanding these things. And so at the end of the day, if, if whether picking an ACHA school or an NCAA school, whether that be D1 or D3, whether that's, you know, junior B or junior C or getting <laughs> up there to junior A or the major juniors, where are you going to get the most playing time? Because I've also seen goalies that make tier two and they don't get any time at all. And their game suffers. Truthfully, their game suffers because they didn't get that playing time, but they made it. They made it to tier two. Um you got to do what's best. Honestly, if I made it to tier two and then I had a choice to play, you know, 20 games at tier three or maybe get two or three games in tier two, I'm going tier three. That's me. Like it, it depends on the person. It depends on what you want. So this isn't, this is free advice. Take it or leave it, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, but you, you've got to pick the program that's best for you. And I think that's why 
another way of leading into, you know, we're goalies, right? So despite being the best position in all sports, it's extremely demanding. So what advice would you give for our listeners or to their parents to do, you know, basically better advance on their goalie trajectory? Yeah. So, I mean, when you get to the higher levels, everyone's a good skater, but what really set like, you got to be a good skater, obviously. And, you know, everyone, everyone's a good skater at the next level and stopping the puck's most important thing. But I think what's really overlooked are two things is the mental aspect of the game and be able to read the play. So people say hockey, uh, the mental part of hockey is 89% of the sport where I really lacked on mental toughness. I was a mental midget until I was about 22, 23. And uh, my, until like beginning my junior year during COVID, during that time where I got a lot better with that because there was a goalie. He he used to have a podcast called Goalie Hacks. Mike Santaguida. He played for the University of Vermont. He was five foot eight on the on a best day. He was five seven. Sophomore, he was top ten in the country for NCAA Division One. The guy was an absolute gamer. He had a huge impact on my career. I remember we had like a two hour phone call where I talked to him about my whole career, about why is this happening to me at Kent State. And I told him, like, I used to get recruited by Division One schools when I was 16. Like, what's going on? Like, I was, I almost went to Natty camp when I was 14. And he broke it down with me. He's like, yeah, this happened. Your, your mental toughness needs to be at this. It's right now at this. And I think I really overlooked that. And I think if I don't have that conversation with him, I don't play hockey after my senior year. I don't put up good numbers. I don't get into the Fed. And I'm working a desk job making sales for cleaning supplies or something. And I think another thing that I touched on was being able to read the game where make sure your goalie coach is doing drills where it's not just like, can you, I just shoots it. You know, when I worked with Neil Conway a lot out in Cleveland, the drills we would do where, you know, he passes across the Royal road. He has the option to shoot, pass back, walk down low for an overlap shot, maybe wrap There was just like a lot of stuff built into the drills where you really had to think and push yourself to be uncomfortable. So being able to read the play, like understanding what's going to happen, and the mental part of the game, I think, are the two biggest things that people really overlook and can make a break be a tier three goalie to a tier two guy or a guy playing division three or a guy playing division one. It's just the little small details at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that's really good advice because there's a lot of people out there that say a lot of things. And for me, I would say, like, in terms of, like, the hockey IQ, I had it. But when it came to the actual physical skill, I didn't. I I, I wanted to. I really <laughs> did. I I'd, I'd work out. I'd especially you know I probably should have done some more leg workouts. I was a goalie after all. Um, <laughs> but like I could have been stronger. Uh, I could have had a stronger core. I could have just overall just been a better physical shape to do the goalie job. But I wasn't, and I would get injured because I probably wasn't training. Not probably. I wasn't training properly. I mean, I was training, but I was training the wrong things. Let's put it like that. The, the the effort was there without the, I guess, the workout IQ to tie into the hockey. <laughs> you were working hard, but not working smart. Correct. Yes, yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. And you got to work smart, and ladies that, and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, and that led to injuries. And yeah. so it was, uh, I could never get to the point where I could be remotely decent. But when it came to, when I'd get in, like, when I'd get in the zone, I, I could read the plays. Like, I just, and I could, like, 15 steps ahead on where the puck could be. The problem is, could my body get there? And, you know, and then even then my reaction time with like my glove was a little bit slow. So, you know, there, there's a lot of aspects to being a a solid goalie. And in terms of, for me, the, you know, the skating could have been a little bit better, uh, but really could have been the, the conditioning in terms of uh, working out the right things and, and maybe working on my reactions a little bit better. Cause uh, you could probably usually easily snipe me up high. 
Um, <laughs> especially glove side. And, oh, uh, no, just, giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they can do it now. I mean, I'm sure that if they just shot it at me, I, I'm, I'm not making any stops anytime soon. Hopefully, if uh, our next location, I can re get reacquainted with my goalie gear and hit the ice again. But uh, that's sitting in a storage unit in Utah. <laughs> Uh, much to my dismay, but I, I thought we could get it over here to Denmark, but we also, one of the things we didn't expect to happen is we'd already done the research when we moved here and we figured it was going to be about 1600, maybe up to 3000 to move our stuff here from Utah. Jeez. Uh, but that was also during the shipping crisis. And that went from maybe 1500 to 3000 up to maybe between 11,000 and 15,000. Yeah. That's, and, that's not yeah. worth it. I'm sorry. Yep. So no, we didn't have that much stuff in our storage unit. It's yeah. just like, you know, they're like, sorry, this is what's happened. But so we just have a storage unit in Utah now with all the stuff we thought we'd be bringing to Denmark. And it's not that big, but it was important stuff. Uh, yeah. A lot of our, you know, kitchen stuff and cooking mm-hmm. stuff and stuff that just makes your place a little bit more personal and uh goalie gear, you know, all that stuff, ski equipment, all oh, just sitting there. Big in, skier uh, here too. Unit. My mom was a ski teacher, so like when I was in Buffalo, my mom and I would go skiing um, whenever we could on weekends. And I remember doing the Nichols uh, Ski Club thing when uh, when I wasn't playing U16s there yet, and it was so much fun. I mean, you can always get go- new goalie gear in Denmark or on sideline swap. That won't cost you $15,000 to get over. So yeah. <laughs> that's why I said it went up and worth it. Pick, picking up certain gear here and there. Yeah, Because yeah. I was already communicating with my team here. And the great thing is I didn't have to bring my gear back and forth. I could lock it up right there at the rink, which was oh, amazing. Nice. And so, yeah, I just didn't get my, my true Danish hockey experience the way I wanted to hear. But uh, what can you do? Uh, yeah. But you did mention the whole Buffalo part. And that's one thing, I mean, you got to talk it on when we started the podcast. You mentioned Buffalo and that you're a Sabres fan and absolutely love that because we've been a long-suffering fan base. Oh, absolutely. For a long time now. Since um, I was in middle school. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah seriously it's you know what we were prepped for it with the bills though because the bills were so bad for so long that yeah. it just kind of prepped you for the what was about to happen to the sabers and we're there but i think we're dumping out of that next year i think we're going to be a playoff team we're not winning a cup but we should be i feel like we could make it into i think we're a second round team next year absolutely I think we can beat whatever team we make in the first round especially with the current okay let's talk goalies right versus goalie yeah. podcast we're looking at we got Uka Pekalukinen. We got Devin Levi. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. Look, we're not at the bottom of scoring. Well, we're not at the so bottom. So we got Uka Pekalukinen. Yeah. Oh, is it Eric Comrie? Yeah, Eric Comrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here real quick. So my yeah, thoughts on the Sabres goaltending situation. I'm a true believer in Devin Levi. I really think he can get the job done. But I Same. don't know if he can get the job done next year. You know what I mean? He's He's only played seven games in the NHL, if that. I mean, yep. you saw it with like, look at the Hamburglar. Guy played 23 games. And he went like 22 and a one, and then he never played well again, like at the NHL level, at least. I should say, ever played well again. But, and then you got guys like Andrew Rakoff, who's kind of like a one, two year wonder, where I'm not saying Devin Levi is going to be a one year wonder. He's a great goalie. I'm just saying maybe like, the the, right. yeah, like Carter Hart, where his first year he was amazing. And then the second year he got the whole workload and he started struggling. And now Philly's trying to trade him. So I'm thinking I was really hoping that we went out that we went out and got Demko, but obviously that didn't happen. But I think if Devin Levi and Uka Pekalukin can hold it down, 
I think that one two tandem, like you saw in Boston, obviously, we're not going to have like Elias Allmark, Jeremy Swayman, where the guy's going to get like a 1.8 goals against. We're not there, but thank God, you know, we got Jeff Skinner back who is starting to play like yeah. the Jeff Skinner that we signed. Yeah. I, 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 I kept like how you said got him back, but you know, I'm, I'm a huge Sabres fan. I'm not a Bills fan just because I, I, oh my gosh, the story of this. So I was living in Chicago when I first started. I wasn't even a goalie yet. And I was watching a Chicago Blackhawks Colorado Avalanche game in 2005. So at the time, both those teams were like Chicago wasn't good. And I think Colorado was really on the downswing because they just won the cup like a few years before. And I looked at my mom and I was like, wow, like Colorado has really cool jerseys. I think I'm going to be a fan of them. She goes, no, you're a Buffalo Sabres fan. So from 2008 <laughs> or no, uh, 2005 to 2009, my life was amazing. Every kid was like, oh, you're a winner picker. Like, you don't like Buffalo. And from 2010 to like now, it's been like, oof. Like, I don't not- think that that had to be a fake statement. There's no way ever, anyone's ever accused any Buffalo fan of being. No, 100%. bandwagon fans are the ones that have come out now with the Bills Mafia. 100%. I don't know where been, 100%. Yeah. I was called the bandwagon fan. I remember I remember this what? so vividly. I was at a Can-Am hockey camp. And at this point, I lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Phoenix, and Atlanta. Not in that order. Like, we moved around. And I, I was living in L.A. And I was at this Lake Placid camp and the kid we were talking about sports I was like, yeah, my favorite teams are the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I, I kind of like Georgia football cause I lived down there and I remember my dad always talking because my dad works in sports and he was obsessed with the, the Georgia Bulldog. He thought it was hilarious. And I was like, I really like them. And um, my dad did radio afternoon drive in Los Angeles and he talked a lot about the Lakers. I was like, Oh, I really like the Lakers too, because you know, I, my dad talks about them all the time and I skate at the, Kings practice facility, which shared with the Lakers. So I would see them practicing. And this kid was like, you're a liar. You're a winner picker. Like all these kids started ganging up on me. And then I remembered the last day at camp where the parents were there. The kid was like, dad, you're not going to believe there's just a kid here who likes Buffalo, the Lakers and Georgia football. What a winner picker. And his dad's like, yeah, I know what a, what a, like, what a scrub. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Those are just my teams, bro. Like, I'm sorry. I've lived in those places. <laughs> I just remember being so like, <laughs> butthurt about it we're like i've always stayed true to buffalo or even when we were on the like, 18 game losing streak i was just like yep oh, let's, let's go hard. buffalo i know i remember i was hard. listening to chicklets and ra was like if you had a hundred dollars and you betted it against the sabers and rolled over those winnings after 14 games you would have had over a hundred thousand dollars i was like i know if i start doing that the sabers gonna win but like i want the sabers to win but i don't want to lose money either so do i want to keep money or have the sabers win like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a that's a good way to actually lead into our next sponsor for this episode, and that's going to be DraftKings. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just five dollars to score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. 
Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. I think that was a great spot to drop a DraftKings sponsorship here, but we're very happy with that, both DraftKings and Raycon. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I don't know. So you're in terms of football, do you have an NFL team or no? Uh, I grew up liking the Bears a little bit, living in Chicago. But when I moved, okay. to Los, moved to Los Angeles, this is the most random thing ever. So when I was younger, my mom used to make me dress up pretty nice for school for the first two weeks, and then I could wear like a T-shirt and shorts. So going into the third grade, I was like, Mom, like I'm in third grade now. I don't want to wear a polo for two, every day for two weeks. But I was like, okay, okay, like you can wear whatever you want. So I wanted to wear my favorite player's jersey, Brian Urlacher. So I walked into this classroom in Ventura, California, and I opened the door, and this woman <laughs> was the most diehard Packers fan like I have ever seen. Like life size poster, Brett Favre. The entire walls were green and yellow. The first day of class, like she put a cheese head on. Everyone took a, made them take a photo, and like I didn't want to put the cheese head on. And starting from then, like she was like really mean to me, and like would always send me to the office. I don't know, like me. So I was like traumatized to be a Bears fan. And so when I moved to Vermont when I was sixteen, I think like, Bears fans are traumatized being Bears. Yeah, fans. exactly. So. Yeah. I was just uh, going to. I was just watching a lot of Patriots games, and when I was in juniors, like the Patriots won the Super Bowl against Atlanta, and I went to the parade, and it was awesome. So I've just been more of a Patriots fan ever since living in Vermont now. So I've joined the dark side. Go Patriots! Oh, oh. yeah, I got a weird alliance. I'm like Lakers basketball a little bit, Buffalo hockey, and Patriots football, and like I guess my baseball team would be the Mets and the Indians, which is kind of weird because my name's Shay. I was named after Shea Stadium like the old Mets old arena. And then I went to a lot of Indians games. I not say a lot. I'd say like a couple of Indian games when I was in college. So like, I'd like watching them play or the guardians, excuse me, the Cleveland guardians now. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'd say, yeah. I mean, for me, like growing up in Buffalo was the, the, the bills and the Sabres. Oh yeah. Um, and then I moved around a lot after that. So basically I lived in St. Louis. I was able to get into Cardinals games real cheap or for almost nothing. And uh, started to become a Cardinals fan. I never, I mean, I grew up watching Buffalo Bison baseball. Yeah. Not a lot. Became a big fan and, you know, got the jersey, starting to go a lot more games, you know, get all the hot dogs and the lemonade <laughs> and everything. And uh, yeah, and then I knew they were my team when they made it to the NLCS championship game and we won and like not game, but the series and, and we mm-hmm. won and we went on to the World Series and they got swept by Boston in four. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was the most Buffalo move the Cardinals could have ever done. <laughs> and so I was like, well, they're definitely my team because they just broke my heart. I mean, the next year I wasn't living there. I moved, but we were able to uh, win the World Series that year, and I clapped alone in my apartment. Of course you missed yeah. it, though. Yeah, I missed yeah, it. I, yeah. Um, I've Too bad both times they've won a World Series since I've been a fan that uh, I've been solo wearing my Cardinals hat, clapping as if anybody could hear me. But You know, that I mean, means you can't go to – you can't go to a World Series now because they'll lose. You have to watch alone in your apartment. No, I'm going to go. Yeah, but they're going to lose. I'd rather be you're there. Gonna... And... Yes, that's no you're going to jinx it. Millions, they better jump it. Oh, I, <laughs> I wish I believed. That was the thing. I was never a superstitious goalie. Yeah. I was never superstitious. A little stitious. I was about but... to say that. I was about to be like, oh, Michael Scott says the best. I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. You know, some things like, you know, Crosby has his things too, where you see on like NHL Network, like every every goalie's got a little something. So you can't say you're not superstitious. You definitely had your 
like quirks because you're a goalie. Like you wouldn't be a goalie if you didn't have them. Yeah, we're we're there's something already wrong with us that we choose to position. Yeah. So there, you know that there's a, you know, we're, we're a special breed. Plus, uh, I don't know. We. <laughs> You have to have something. I, I, if I can think about it long enough, there's got to be a superstition. I got a few. Have. I got, I got like a couple where it's like, oh, I always put my left pad. Do you want to talk about them on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can talk about. It. I okay. don't care. I mean, it's not like it's gonna break it. I, I have like the same stretches I do every time. I have the same playlist of like the type of songs I listen to since my junior of high school. Now, like it went from it's kind, it was actually kind of cool. It went from pandora all the way to spotify that's how like in like how much i like this play it's a good playlist it's just like how is edm trap music and it gets me going you know gets the boys going (laughs) but um the net the water bottle goes on the same side it's just i try to maybe it's not a superstition it's just routine stuff that you know when when i do them it's okay this is game time time to focus where it's like a trigger where when the headphones go in my brain turns my brain turns into like hockey game mode where it's okay time to get more serious let's go like start visualizing you know stuff like that maybe so it's not like more superstitions it's more routines we'll say that routines (laughs) yeah i would say that's more routine because i definitely had routines yeah but i didn't have anything like oh you can't do this i need to stick you know i didn't have i didn't have like uh like oh you can't say this you can't do this yeah no i'm not like that i i don't like saying shut out i mean i I don't like saying that and okay uh, maybe that's something every goalie has in common i have a funny one with that so it was my senior game and we're playing mercyhurst and it was five nothing with a minute left in the game, and according to one of the guys who was hurt, a bunch of little kids said it, and they're like, "Shut up, shut up, you're gonna jinx it." And I guess right after that, two seniors took a penalty, so it was five on three, and the last shot of my college career went in because I went off my best friend and in. <laughs> that that sounds eerily similar to my last <laughs> real hockey game, which oh was, when I was playing in England, and then we were in a tournament in Germany. That's fine. And we were, we were winning it all. I mean, this is this is I didn't know it at the time, but this would be my final game. You never um, know that. <laughs> we were we were up five nothing, not lying, and I had thirty five saves already that game. Okay. So I had a thirty five save shutout happening, and we were just better than this other team. We were winning this game, and a little bit of overconfidence. I'm blocking this out. I'm just gonna make my saves. I've been doing it all you just, game. Yeah, you just got to pretend it's the, the same thing. It's yeah. just the same. It's just another save, just another shot. It's the same thing. Yep. No weird emphasis on it. Yep, and I read the play. I knew what was happening. They were coming in. It was a, I want to say it was a three-on-two, but then two kinds of guys broke away. kind of became a two-on-one, and the guy on my right, I could, I knew where he was going. I'm like, I've got the right side covered. He's, he's passing it across because he's yeah. broken away from the defense. He's going straight across. So... He passed it across, and I kind of leap out of my crease to intercept the pass so that I can stop it. Well, I intercepted the pass with my stick and put it between my own legs no. into the net. No. That, that was the final shot I ever had what a way in to go my out. last ever game. What a way and to go out. I put it past myself trying to defend the trying to defend the pass because I knew they were already past my defender. And because it, it wasn't like a 2 on zero, but – with the way this guy broke in, I'm like, no, he's alone. He's the, the, yeah. the this guy's already taking the guy in the slot. I've got to defend the left side. Do you remember the hand and of the I, guy? Was he a righty on the left side? That might be a really weird I, question. I wish I wish I could. I wish if I could it sounds remember, like he was I'd cutting the middle and passing it, it sounds like he was on his forehand, which would have like which would make sense if he like opened up a little bit that you could tell because if he's opening up more, I'd be like, oh, he's passing for sure. Oh, I knew he was passing, and he did. And yeah. I, so I, maybe read, he was a I read the play. Maybe I'm overthinking it. 
know. I wish I could remember exactly which hand, but I'm, if I'm that would make more sense from the past then, because like go, opening up to go short side would be tough. So yeah, passing it if, that makes sense. If, especially if you if your D was there or something. Well, he was. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So my 36 shot wasn't even a shot, and it went in. And oh that's how I ended it. I mean, we still won. And then I, I apparently had already injured myself that game. I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. But adrenaline is a crazy thing. You don't get suspended multiple times for being a nice goalie. Uh, but I, I tell you. Billy Smith like, here. I, yeah. Well, I, the reputation was to protect my health. Because basically, if I feel people could stay away from my crease, I could play healthy. Because yeah. my injuries would definitely come from people crashing to crease. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, So sure. I just decided that the suspensions would be worth it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's what I did. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, our goalie. My it was uh, I was on the bench. We were playing Carolina, and this went viral on YouTube. Like by viral, I mean like yeah, it went viral. Um, my mom and my girlfriend were there. So okay. I've never seen – I mean, I've played hockey for 18 years now. been a goalie for 18 years. I've never seen this happen before, and I never will see it again. A fight happened in the shootout between my goalie partner and one of the guys on the other team. And I looked – and this is the only time I've ever looked like at my mom during the game. I turned around because I knew she was sitting at – and I looked at her. I was like, what do I do? I even looked at my coach. I was like, am I going in the game? Can they kick him out for this? There's one more shot left. Do I have to go in for one shootout shot? Like, it was just crazy. And I remember it was, like, all these little YouTube channels were picking it up and just – because, like, the guy just whacked the puck after and our goalie went after him. They ended up just kicking out the the shooter and kept our goalie in, thank God, because, like, I was, like, sitting on the bench the whole game. It was four to four. I was like, I'm not not ready for this shot. (laughs) I'm looking at it now. You you said it. So this is a – it looks like – the Firebirds? Who are you guys playing? Yeah, oh, yeah we were playing the, right the Thunderbirds. Out. Yeah, he goes right up. It was, Thunderbirds. Yeah, it was Greg, and I don't know what the other guy was, but <laughs> he, he, like, attacked him. And I'm like, I turned around. I looked at the assistant coach. He was a goalie. And I was like, what do I do? He goes, he, he said, like, basically, just sit there and be quiet. So I was just like, well, am I going? Like, I had all my stuff on, like, ready to go. I was like, uh, like, am I playing? <laughs> and Ladies then, and gentlemen, you'll be able to see this on the uh, Pigeonhole Hockey X page. Um, because it's now called X, and uh, we don't have threads over here in the European Union, but hopefully we're trying to get on that soon because threads isn't going to be authorized for a while. But you should be able to see this fight on our uh, on our X page. So, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and honestly, with this fight, this might be a good place to wrap up this podcast. What do you think? Yeah, it's a good time so to wrap it up. We've been rambling for a while. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we can keep talking afterwards, but I think you listeners yeah. probably want to tap out. But we do thank you all for tuning in. We again want to thank our special guest, goaltender Shay Spanier, for joining us on this podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. But real quick, I just want to give a special shout out to Amit Bentov. He's from Israel. He's playing for the Long Beach Shredders. Uh, buddy, have fun this year. Light it up. Uh, have a, it's going to be his first year playing premier in the USP. So he's going to be leading the entire league of points. I'm calling it right now. And he's been the best player in the whole West division. So everyone watch out for him. He's an absolute gamer. He's the biggest beauty to off the ice. Him and his brother are absolute legends in Israel. Love you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. And remember Israel, not Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, apparently like I know the, the, the short term for Israel online is ISR, but I never knew IL was the two code one. So when I saw yeah. IL, I'm like, all right, he's from Illinois, and that's what I put. So I was corrected. <laughs> no, it was just funny. I, I I left a little chirp in the comments. I'm like, I didn't know he moved to Illinois. I was just at your house like two months ago. 
Well, it wouldn't been the only one. I, th- I had a bunch of Belling and Blazers also reach out because uh, I, I put them in like I put them in their Canadian cities, but in the U.S. So, uh, yeah, it, it's yeah, going to boys, The boys want to be geographically like represented correctly or whatever. You know, like, the, little, the guys get a little butter about it. You got you to put in the right cities. What are you doing here? Come on. <laughs> hey, the, I leave it on there. Every yeah. single one of those, they can always correct us. Yeah. Uh, because it's the P show. You know, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is all right but that said we also want to thank again all of you listeners for tuning in be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey worlds and want to get on a future podcast also follow us on x at phh official on instagram at phh podcast or on tiktok at pigeon hockey podcast this is the pigeon hockey podcast with your host chris and remember listeners always clear crease <laughs>